Hey, what's up, fam? This is your girl, Yanni T. Trigger warning, this podcast deals with religion and things discussing cults and abuse. Um, I'm telling my story about my experience with a church that ended up being a prison for me. Um, I'm not bashing anyone in this one, just stating my experience. Um, please, I have all of my links below. Y'all, please set up that cash up. It is my birthday month. Uh, month 315 is the day. So y'all go ahead and show me love when you hear this episode. Live, love, and be smooches. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Conversations with the Priestess. So glad to be with you all. Um, and thank you to those that um, have partaken of the sneak preview by the time that you've um, that you some of you hear this podcast. Many others will have caught the preview on the various apps that I'm on. So this particular episode trigger warning this is dealing with a subject that i talked about before on here um the time that i went to this church um that was basically like a cult um so without further ado here it goes um this all started in 2004 when i graduated from high school and was going to college um at this point i had been trying to figure my sexuality out and because of the Christian fundamental home that I was raised in, um, you know, that's a major no-no. If you're same gender loving and in the church and you're a homosexual and my family and I, before I went to college, had gotten into a nasty argument over that, that I found out years later, that was the point of the argument. And during this time, I had been going to different churches, you know, figuring things out. And at one church, they prayed, they tried to pray the gay away, but I ended up joining this particular church. And how I got to be a part of this church, I had met this guy on Black Planet. This is back in the day when Black Planet was bumping, okay? So this guy and I, um, and again, I'm speaking in code, so I won't expose anyone. So here we go. So at this point, I'm trying to figure things out with me and I'm speaking to this guy. We'll call him Eugene. Eugene said, oh, you've got to come to my church. You know, I was dealing with because we met because we was on some kind of dating type shit, that teenage puppy love type shit. So we had been talking for a few months because I was like hitting up people in the area to kind of get familiar with the area that I was going to college with. So he and I ended up chatting a little bit more and then i noticed he started talking about oh i'm delivered i'm not gay no more stuff like that you know people that that struggle with their sexuality with their identity they the first thing they do do they run to religion and be like the lord and i said okay because i was kind of one that for myself but i was still liking what i was doing and I, i'm going to get into um all of the specifics how i got to where i am now so 
in this, Eugene and I was was hanging out. We never had sex or anything, but that's going to play out later on in the story. So Eugene and I, we um, we actually, you know, we talked or whatever. And I went to his church finally, and they prayed. They prophesied to me and lay hands on me. I said, "Okay, I'm on the right path. I'm on the right path." And it started as, you know, like a whole Bible infused, um, trying to make a proper person out of me, making me straight, making me, you know, cisgender, all of that. And went along fine, went along fine. But then it started getting to a point to where you had to be in church all the time. You had to be in church all the time. And I'm like, well, I'm a college student, so, you know, I'll balance it out. And I did a good job of balancing it out. Um, And I had my fun. I had my fun. But it started getting hectic to when I started noticing patterns. And in these patterns, I... I if you... Mm, there was one weekend... Where somebody saw that I was on Black Planet and BGC and all these different dating apps that was real popular in the early 2000s. And they claimed someone sent it to them. It was a whole mess and it was brought to the pastor and her daughter's attention. Now, the daughter ended up being my godmother. So I will refer to her as Miss Godmother. Godmother Jezebel. So Godmother Jezebel corners me. And basically says that if I keep doing gay stuff, that I was going to die of a terrible disease and the doctors wouldn't understand it. I said, okay. Okay. And me be who, who I am, I knew what she was saying. And it was always, it, it was always something about HIV or sickness, just all gloom and doom. So... I played it off as they were looking out for me. And this went on as a pattern for several, for about three or four years, three, four or five years, until I finally said I had enough. So, push comes to shove. I started experimenting with my style a little bit. Anytime I would change my hair, the pastor would ask me, Oh, child of God, what are you going through? Is Has something happened to you? Why, why did you change your hair? Or why are you doing this? I said, well, you know, I want to try something different, you know, just experimenting with my style a little bit. I said, okay, okay, okay. She was like, okay. And I'm like, you know, can't people experiment with themselves? And it caused me to pray and fast more. And this is actually where I really learned how to fast and pray. Although I came from a Christian home and whatnot, I hadn't like really been up on it like I was taught. So that was a chance for me to get back into it. But it started getting to into a point to where it was basically like a gay conversion camp. It was like you had to throw away... I um, went through my wardrobe at their bequest to be a better person. And mind you, I'm in my 
I'm I'm 18, figuring out life. And I'm not going to say they robbed me because I had my fun regardless. But it got to a point to where I started second guessing myself in my spiritual walk. And I didn't like that. Now that I think back of back on it, it was a mess. So they, they would have this thing to where you would they would give you some activity to do or give you certain people to help you pray when you felt weak. Which I realized now was some of the stupidest things that I've ever heard of. So at this point, it got to a point to where they were constantly calling out people for being gay and stuff. And it started weighing on me, even down to if they knew that you knew someone that was still gay or you were hanging around gay people, they would try to exercise the demon out of you or all kind of dumb stuff. So I will never forget. This is one the straw that really broke the camel's back. And I'm going over a lot. I'm I'm going through. I'm like going covering a lot right now because it's a lot more that I can tell that I may talk about later on. So I was in a crazy relationship and y'all have heard me talk about um, my abusive relationship that I was in uh, around 2010. So at this point, I'm living with my ex. Well, my now ex, my then lover and I we're living together and during this time was a crucial point at the church i started i i started sitting back i said you know what i'm going to sit back and observe the situation so i sat back and i observed i started seeing how cutthroat godmother jezebel was um one of the things, and I started thinking back on everything that I experienced at that particular ministry. So I began to look back at how every time I started meeting new people, it was an issue with me meeting new people because they didn't know them or they would always have something to say about my friend's point in case um, several months before. I started observing Um, one. I had wrecked my car and one of my friends brought me to church that day. And this particular friend is very flamboyant. They're non-binary and flamboyant. And I love it because that's my best friend. They were there for me during a nasty breakup. They were there for me, you know, helping me out. They took me to a gay club for the first that I hadn't been to a place that I hadn't been to in ages. He helped me. And I will say this. He helped me really come to terms with who I am because I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be like my friend. I wanted to be like him. So at this point he dropped me off and I got asked a question. Who is that? By Godmother Jezebel and her, and her mom. I said, Oh, that's my friend, my friend. He brought me to church and he's looking out for me, making sure I'm okay. You know, they they cool. They cool. And the first thing out of her mouth is, oh, he's gay. I was like, yes. I was like, but that's none of my business. I'm like, we're just friends. I said, I invited him to church, but he has to work. I said, he's good people. Like, I immediately started defending my friend because I felt some type of way about that. Like, don't sit there 
and you claiming to be a, a prophet of God, but you're sitting here trashing people because they're a little bit different than you. And I started seeking God for myself at this point. And at this point, all of this is going on and I'm dealing with an abusive lover. And for several weeks, they had been hounding me about money for the pastor's anniversary, which was on the same day that I was moving across town, which they would not help me move, by the way. This is a long story. And they were hounding me and I started getting stressed out because one of my close associates, it was like a family structure. And this is where it gets really cultish. Everyone was somebody's godson or goddaughter, and we always called them mom, dad, different things like that. And if you stepped out of those bounds, it was a major issue, and you would be ostracized. Also, um, whenever they called you to help them, you had to come, or either it would be a major issue, or there would be a meeting with the pastor as to why you didn't want to come and hang out with some of the members. Case in point. Um, before the demise of my abuse, like not long after we, okay, yeah, before this was actually before the relationship, I had a video game night with some of my friends. I was like, I want friends outside of the church, so I still would have my friends and do what I needed to do for me. I would go shopping. I would even spend time for myself, and I would be worried that somebody would pop up. So anyway, I ended up, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. So I ended up just doing my own thing. I ended up having a video game night with my friends and she pulls up outside and says, oh, meet me outside. I said, what's up? I was like, oh, you got some money I could borrow you. One of the many times I said, well, I really don't have it right now. And I was like, oh, well, why don't you have, I'm like, I just paid all of my bills and I have other things to take care of for me. She was like, what things do you have to take care of? And whenever she did this, it was more so like a control thing. This is why I call her Godmother Jezebel. It was a control thing. And she would always badmouth people um, as if they did her wrong, which I now realize she was doing it to save face and she was a narcissist and all of that. But at the video game night, my ex was actually at Clank. I uh, was actually at family's house this particular night. And my friends and I, we were having a video game movie night and having drinks. So she pulls up with Eugene and she was like, oh, what you doing? I said, oh, me and some of my friends are hanging out. And she was like, oh, what y'all doing? I said, we're having a video game night, which re- in reality, I knew it was going to be, we're going to drink, smoke fuck that was basically what it was given but I didn't want her to know that because it was none of her business so um she and I uh, we ended up um meeting or whatever and she was like well what are you doing who do you have in your house and she had this look on her face like you're up to no good I'm, I'm a prophet of God complex so she um she asked me, well, who's in your apartment? I saw these some friends. And she was like, well, why didn't you in- invite Eugene? I'm like, I didn't know. I, I was like, it. I was like, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, 
I was like, it was spur of the moment. This was planned last minute. I said, I don't have a problem hanging out with him, but I wanted to hang up, hang around with my friends because we haven't gotten together in a while. You know, she was like, oh, well, think about it next time. And that was a common thing. If you had events, they made you feel like you had to invite other people from the church. And during this period, I'm going through a nasty relationship. And this particular, during this particular time, I was getting my ass beat on a regular by this particular ex. And at the same time at the church, I was getting called out for being queer, for being who I am. And it really stemmed from also, it really came to a head the first time I did drag. And it was, it was something they made me fast and pray, go on a consecration and that was another way that they would control. They would always make you go on a consecration. Granted, yes, I know cleansing yourself spiritually is what's right, but don't make fasting and doing spiritual rituals a punishment because you did something that you wanted to do and you have the ability to repent. This is why I call it a cult because it was a lot of restructuring a lot of tearing down of people and really manipulating them mentally and gaslighting so this is one of the instances of gaslighting i will never forget i had i had been unfocused because of the relationship and the domestic abuse that i went through and one day we were talking and godmother jezebel i'm she's driving the car that we were in and i'm just chilling or whatever riding with her and she's like what's up with you i said nothing she was like you've been on my mind what's going on i said well i'm gonna be upfront with you i was dating a guy and at this point i'm like you know what i don't give a fuck anymore like i and i didn't know how to tell her i was dating a a guy that was beating my ass and i didn't know how to tell her that so i said well i was dating this guy and it didn't work out because he likes to get physical and put his hands on people. And I got tired of that. And she was like, well, are you okay? I was like, it's settled. I don't really want to talk about it. She was like, well, that's what you get for being gay. I'm like, what really? I just went through an experience where I could have lost my life. My ex choked the shit out of me. I have bruises on my neck. He's busted my eye and I'm lying about it. You know, the signs of abuse because you claim you're a survivor. So where's that sympathy for me? You're more so worried about who I'm fucking and who I choose to love. So it was then at that point that I decided, you know what? I'm out. So for a couple of months, I planned my exit. I started looking for another place to stay. And it started bowling to a head when I moved across town. So what I did before I moved across town, I left the church. No, no, no. Not long after I left the church, I moved across town, but never told anybody where I went. So it was at this point I was dating this guy. And I missed this man. And he said, you need to leave that church alone. They call you at all times. You don't have a life. And I was at a movie theater with him. We saw the new Freddy Krueger remake in 2010. And. He. He saw what they were doing. They would call me to come take them to work. 
and I would have to go to work myself. And I had started saying, just saying no and living. And by this time I had started performing as an entertainer at the club. So I said, you know what? Now is a good time for me to leave. So I planned my exit very carefully. When I moved across town, I said, I'm not going to tell them where I go. And I also did that because of my ex. Well, I stayed across town for a little bit. And I left the church. I left that church one Sunday. I will never forget it. It was summer was approaching. It was like in May, early June. And I said, well, I said, I need to speak with you, Pastor. That Sunday, I didn't say anything. I started packing up all my equipment, anything that of my church that was at the church of mine. I got it. And I talked with the pastor. She was like, what's going on? I said, I'm leaving the ministry. This is my last day with you all. And the pastor said, well, why? I said, well, I feel like it's time for me to move on. And I feel like I'm like, I no longer have a place here anymore i really want to say i don't feel welcome because all you do is tear me down and make me feel like shit for being a human and for being gay when all you are what you're doing basically is not helping you're mind controlling people and making them feel that they can pay their way to a better life because all you want is their money and if we don't Say how high when you say jump, you get pissy mad. No narcissist. Uh, that's what I really wanted to say. But I kept it calm. And needless to say, a few years later, I did write a letter to the pastor and she never acknowledged it. I never got a response and I'm okay with that. But I finally left the church. And I got con phone calls for several months straight. About I need to come back to the church because I left safety. I need to come back to the church because I'm out of God's will, all kind of things. And it was a lot of scare tactics. And she then tried a felt attempt to use voodoo against me, which what she does not know is, baby, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I know because she was seeking um, heaven's hound dogs on me. I said, mm, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where heavens have hound dogs. So I said, you know what? Return to send everything that you send to me. I send back to you and I didn't hear from her Mind you by this time I had gotten a phone On my phone account and she never paid me for the phone And when I when I confronted her about it, she said I just want the phone I don't want to pay for anything. I said, okay, it will be disconnected. So I ended up disconnecting the service and getting a whole new phone number. And mind you, remember Eugene that I told you about? Well, not long. Well, in between the times, Eugene and I was fucking around the whole time that I was at this church. We were, we had an intimate relationship the whole time and a sexual relationship at the same time. Well, I kind of distanced myself from Eugene because he was still going to that church. Not long, and it's crazy because before I left that church, I had this dream and this epiphany that once I left this church, it was going to crumble. Well, not soon after I left, the church crumbled. It crumbled. It crumbled. Other people started leaving. The faithful ones left. So at this point, I've left the church and Eugene and I resumes our activities. And I I asked, I said, please don't tell them where I, I live. I don't want anything to do with them. 
And he said, you don't have to worry about it. I got you. So we actually grew distant. And I'm glad that person is not in my life anymore either. But it was wild because for a few months, I was getting phone calls. Even until I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, I was getting random texts, phone calls, Facebook messages about when are are you coming back to the church? I don't understand if you need a break. I said, I am not coming back. I made my decision. Please stop contacting me. And then I ended up having to change my number. And I was hearing rumors from the church queens because you know how they do. They were like, well, you know, I heard that you left because they weren't paying for playing. I said, that's not why I left. I said, you know what? I'm not going to even talk about just just know everything that glitters ain't gold. I said, they tear people apart. And here he is sitting there pretending like he's straight when everybody knows he's one of the original queens of gospel. And I'm not tearing down anybody. I'm just saying how the church world does. Because come to find out years later, I ran into Godmother Jezebel. And she's she's openly lesbian now. And I have no problem with that, especially when you accept you. And I realized in hindsight, what happened was a lot of projecting onto, onto other people. And they were projecting their issues. And. And, you know, I think about. Everything that I went through at that church and I realized it made me stronger. It did give me trauma because I finally got them out of my system after I moved to Charlotte. And I'm so grateful. And the reason being. Was because I needed to find me. And I started finding myself. I really started finding myself after that. And I I reconnected with myself. And I remember any time that I started finding myself at that ministry, that cult. I was told, you're too prideful. I don't like this arrogant um, attitude that you have. I was like, oh, I said, well, I'm just enjoying my life. I said, it's not an attitude. I'm just embracing me. And then it was like, after I left that ministry, my life got so much better. I ended up moving back home. I ended up moving back home. And I'm so glad that I left that. I was actually in a culture. Like I was like at their every beck and call, but I survived it. And I will never forget when I started pulling away from them. I was, I would get phone calls and be like, oh, what's going on? Do you want to pray? I'm like, no, I'm good. And the pastor's son and her friends would come and prophesy, oh, you need to fast. You need to consecrate yourself. And I was already doing that without anybody having to tell me that. I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I left. So now I can just do me. I could just do me. And I've been doing me. I'm doing me. I'm 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 happy. I'm satisfied and I'm thankful. So that's the story about the time that I was in a cult. So y'all live, love, and be free. Y'all, if y'all love the story, please share. Share, share, share. Um, show love to someone because you never know what they may need. And I'm still healing from the trauma. 10 years later, I'm still healing because I'm finally dealing with it. So y'all going to hear some more about some little things about that. So 
Y'all are loving me free smooches.